you take God's precious word and turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 12 through 15 tonight. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. We're moving on from the topic of finances for the time being. Solomon addresses the topic of conniving people tonight in verses 12 through 15. I know none of y'all have any trouble with conniving people. But uh, it's a topic that we're going to address. And beginning in verse 12, Solomon warns us about, if you look in verse 12 now, a naughty person. A naughty person. Take your pens and underscore the word naughty. Now we've heard that word all of our lives. And you're a naughty boy. That's a, you're, you're, you're being naughty. The word naughty is a common English word, but, but one that we may not always associate with its literal meaning. So let's think about the word naughty tonight. Uh, if you would, take your pens. If you, if you write down that word naughty in your notes... Or if you just look at it maybe in your mind's eye. And just look at uh, the root word of naughty. Take away the letter I. What do you have? Naught. Naught. Now what does the word naught mean? Anyone have any idea? Huh? It means nothing. Of course Brother Shepherd knows. He's a wordsmith. He's one of the best words. He is. He's one of the best wordsmiths I've ever, I've ever met. Sometimes if he writes me, like today, uh, I had to use a dictionary. He sent me a text, and I had to look up a word he sent me, and, uh, and, and I liked the word. It was a good word, but I can't remember what it was. Drivel. drivel. It's the word drivel, which means basically a bunch of nonsensical babble. Literally, it means to salivate, but nonsensical drivel, uh, 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 babble. Drivel. So... Uh, uh, that's our word for the night. But uh, the word not here, as Brother Shepherd just says, it means nothing. It, it, it literally means zero. Nothingness. Non-existence. If someone tried really hard to shut our church down, and after all their effort they were unsuccessful at shutting our church down, we might say, although they tried, their efforts came to naught. It means nothing. So when Solomon is talking about a naughty man, he is literally talking about a man who is a big, fat zero. Nothing. Like the number, the man has no value. That's literally what the, what the word naught means. It's the, it's the numeral zero. And so, like the number, the man has no value. And in that same vein of thought, Solomon says, The naughty man is therefore, look back in your text, a wicked person. Underscore the word wicked. And the Hebrew word translated wicked here, it literally means to pant like a dog. <laughs> the idea is that of a man who becomes so exhausted that he begins to pant. Y'all ever been exhausted and panted before? Sure, everybody has. <sighs> Especially just got through running a race or something in school, or maybe you have heart trouble and oh, you're just exhausted, so you pant. And so 
the, the man is exhausted, so he begins panting. He begins breathing heavy due to being exhausted after wasting his energy on a particular unsuccessful task. Perhaps someone is trying to, to move a big stone, and they grunt and they strain, and <sighs> finally they do that. That's the, what the word wicked here has in mind. And so, instead of celebrating his success, he is panting at his failure. All his effort was in vain. It came to naught. Therefore, everything he worked for amounted to nothing. So the man Solomon is talking about is good for nothing. He may boast himself to be something. He may look like a real specimen of a, of a man, but he is of no benefit to anybody. And this type of man, Solomon said, look here now, walketh with a froward mouth. The word froward essentially means the man is lying. He's lying. But notice the word walk and the word mouth, because usually you wouldn't associate the same, would you? You walk on your feet, you don't walk on your lips. But he walks with a forward mouth. That's very fascinating how Solomon's describing this here. And, and, and God, who created man, he's getting into the nuts and bolts of our human behavior. Solomon said he walks with a forward mouth. So how can a man walk with his mouth? I believe Solomon is speaking of someone who is using his body language. To communicate falsely to his neighbor. In fact, I know he is. Uh, because the, the, the later text, uh, I believe, bears that out. He is not merely lying with his tongue. And we'll look at that, God willing, next week. But he is lying with his body language. Solomon said, look in verse 13. He winketh with his eyes. He winketh with his eyes. When someone winks with their eyes, they're usually trying to let someone else know that they are about to deceive someone. How often do we do that in our, in our, our normal human communication? I'm about to tell something false to someone over here, but I'm letting my partner in on it. Before I tell it to him, I kind of look over at my partner and I give him a wink, and then I start teasing them or telling them something false over here, letting them in on, hey, I'm about to pull something on this person here. He winketh with his eyes, privately letting someone know that, uh, that they're about to commit a deception, or they could wink with their eyes as a way of ensuring a person that they are about to try to deceive, that everything's going to be okay. Like that. You know how they do? Hey, it's all right. You know, you give them a nice wink and, hey, you can trust me. I got you, you know. And uh, Solomon said, not only does he talk with his eyes by winking them, but look back in your text, he speaketh with his feet. Very fascinating description here. He speaks with his feet. That's another way of silently letting another person in on your deception, isn't it? Uh, suppose that uh, two people or, or three people, I can smell those donuts, 
Let's say that you have several people here at the table. Me and Brother Shepherd are over here, and uh, instead of being pastors, we're uh, we're bad men, and I'm about to lead someone on a, on a deception. And when I do, under the table, I tap Brother Shepherd on the leg. That's all the same as winking. Now I'm letting him know, you know, here I'm about to do this right here. A little signal on the table. He talks with his feet. And uh, that's, a, that's a way of, of doing that. Uh, let someone in on, on your deception. I saw a shoplifter come out of the restroom once after he had hid some meat on his person. He stuffed a, some meat in his sock and put his pants leg over the, over the meat. And, and uh, whenever he walked out of the restroom... I saw him go in. I was hiding. Uh, that was a part-time job I had. And I, I watched him go in the restroom with that meat. And when he came out, the meat was magically gone. So I knew it went somewhere on him. And when he came out, he saw me. And he had a handkerchief. He says, oh, it sure is hot. And he's just dotting himself, blotting himself with that handkerchief. And, and all that was was a distraction he was trying to mask his nervousness and hide his deception by the extra little movement there. And you know, people often shuffle their feet when they speak. Y'all ever seen them do that? They get out and they'll shuffle their feet and they'll do this right here when they're talking. And, and, uh, and I think that that's also what Solomon is talking about here. And so another way of masking their deception and making the person appear to be cool and confident and trustworthy yeah, they get out here and they're talking with their feet and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing the other and, and the boy, they're just cool, calm, collected, winking the eyes. Yeah, they're a cool person building up someone's confidence. Not only does this man shovel his feet, look back in your text, <coughs> excuse me, but he teacheth with his fingers. Say, Brother Richard, now you use your hands when you're preaching. That's not what he's talking about here. Uh, literally in the Hebrew, this means he points with his fingers and uses them to enforce his message. When I read this, and I, <laughs> I was studying for this, I hate to put this in your mind, but I couldn't help but think of Hillary Clinton. And how, I don't know if you all have seen this before, but almost every speech... When she comes onto the stage and people are clapping because, you know, they got to make it look like everyone loves her. And she comes out and she's doing this and waving and she would find someone. She'd go and point at them. Y'all ever seen her do that? Oh, it's disgusting. But she and point real big like that. And, and that's, I believe, what Solomon was talking about. He's literally saying he points with his fingers. Hey, you're the man, Brother Shepherd. You're the man. See, build somebody up. And I couldn't help but thinking about that. It's as if she's saying, hey, I recognize you. You're important to me. I'm acknowledging your presence. By pointing at you, I'm recognizing that you are here recognizing me. Now, if you add a wink to a pointing finger, that's really special. Huh? How about this one? Huh? <laughs> the old winking gun, that'll really get them there. 
Yeah, I got you. I got you covered on this. Yeah. Brother Larry go up there to buy that new car or that used car that he got new to him. And he got it for 8500 man. He would play a hard bargain with him. Had to chase him down to get him back in the office. They did. But if they had to say, hey, I'm going to make you a special deal. I'm going to give it to you for 10 5 Best we can do. See? And, and that's the idea, the concept that Solomon is talking about. It used to be a billboard up in Dallas. I'd come through downtown Dallas, and there was this, uh, <laughs> there was this guy on there, and he owned a car dealership. I can't remember the name of the dealership. But boy, he had a big old smile on his face, and you drove past that billboard, you'd see him go like that at everybody. He, he, you come, he's going to make a deal for you. I thought, yep. You know what he's doing? He's teaching with his fingers. He's pointing with his fingers. He's winking the eye. That's telling someone, I've got you covered. We're on the same team. You can trust me. I will never let you down. Yet in spite of all this winking and finger pointing, Solomon said, verse 14, forwardness is in his heart. It's not in his wink. His wink looks great. It's not in the shuffling of his feet as he's shucking and jiving. It's not in the the pointing and all that at you and building you up. While he's doing all that confidence building on the outside, there's forwardness on his heart on the inside. And he's masking that lying heart with the external enforcements body language that he's giving you. He may have honesty in his fingers, but there's forwardness in his heart. His body language is lying to you. He's building you up on the outside, but he's cooking up something up in, on the inside to get you. Here's a kingdom truth. When a person tries to oversell, then you need to underbuy. You getting what Solomon's getting at here? What is this that he's doing? Shuffling the feet. You remember when Jesus says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. If you're honest, your word is good enough. I don't need the finger pointing. I don't need the wink. I don't need the shuffling of the feet. I don't need all that other stuff. I don't need all that. Just give me your word. If, when someone's doing that, they're trying to oversell. And when someone's trying to oversell, then you need to underbuy. Be suspicious. Don't go for that stuff. I see videos all the time that fall into this category that Solomon's talking about. Overselling. Videos that try to make people act on impulse. Try to build again someone's confidence. You know, that's why they call them con men. A lot of people think it's because they're convicts. It's not having anything to do with convicts. It's confidence. You know, usually they call them confidence men. And then they abbreviate it from confidence men down to con men. But it's someone who has a confidence scheme. They're trying to build your confidence up. And they're doing whatever they can with a cheerful voice or a wink or the feet or the pointing or the patting on the back 
or the extra handshakes. It's not just limited to these things. It's someone overselling themselves outwardly because they're cooking up something to deceive you inwardly. But these videos that I see all the time, and you see them all the time too, I, I feel sure, they try to oversell the need for their product. They tell people that they have found a simple remedy for a common ailment. It will cure it. This simple trick, this simple step, this simple something you do before bedtime, whatever, it will cure it. You just need to listen to this video. And we'll tell you all about it. But here's the thing. You need to listen now. Because Big Pharma does not want you to know about this. So listen to this video now before they pull it down off the air. Oh man. You see what they're doing? They're trying to oversell. Oh, I'm in a, I need to be in a hurry here. I need to really listen to this. They're winking the eye. Pointing the finger at you. They're saying, hey, we've got you covered here. We have the product you really need. We are here to help you. We're on your side. The pharmaceutical, the medical doctors, the, all those people, they know about this secret. They don't want you to know, but we care about you. Got you covered. Just watch the video. And then you'll be in good shape. You'll know what we know. And your problems will be over. They've got a remedy for an ailment or whatever it is. They, 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 they tell you how they are trying to help you because they have been cheated by the industry just like you. And it's so important that you listen now before it's too late. It's overselling. And it is a very common form of masking deception. When someone tries to oversell, then you need to underbuy. Don't buy into their lies. Solomon said he may shuffle his feet well, but look in your text, he deviseth mischief continually. He's nothing but, again, a con man trying to build your trust so he can rip you off in some way. Solomon said, look back in your text, he soweth discord. Many while he is winking and pointing at you, trying to make you think he's on your side, he's actually getting information to use against you. That's what they'll do too. Con men will do that. He's building up your confidence so that you can take him into your trust. But he'll betray your trust in the end. So many people do that. They'll come to you and they'll act like they really care. And they'll want to know the details of what's going on about something. As you're giving them the details, they're in their head, their little wheels are turning, they're thinking of how they can use that information against you. Or how they can use that information to your benefit. They're building you up, overselling themselves so you can buy into them and give them your trust. They're working both sides of the aisle a lot of times, appearing friendly to you so they can use what you say again against you. And I believe Judas was that kind of man. Somehow, people trusted him. They, they trusted him to give him the money bag and let him be the treasurer. Somehow he got that trust. I, a lot of times I think we think of Judas as some old ugly, mean scoundrel. Man, I don't think that at all. I think when, when uh, 
Jesus said, some of you shall betray me. Uh, if you'll notice, the disciples didn't say, Lord, is it Judas? No one said, it must be Judas he's talking about. They said, Lord, is it me? <laughs> they probably never thought it would be Judas. Why, Judas was the finest man there was. He's a very religious man. We trust him with money. But what did Judas do? He used the confidence that the disciples had in him. He used his nearness to Jesus to use that information against him to turn him in and betray him for the 30 pieces of silver. Once again, when someone tries to oversell, whatever they're trying to oversell, whether themselves, whether a product, whether a service, when, when someone tries to oversell, then you need to underbuy. If they appear overly friendly, or if their friendliness is out of character for them. You ever seen people like that? People won't talk to you. People snub you. People are mean to you. And then one day, you can walk into work or you can go somewhere and go, well, hello. And suddenly they're just all cheerful and roses. Y'all ever run into someone like that? I have too, so many times. And you're like, what? But what happened to them? They're trying to get something from you. They're trying to work you. And all that's fake. Man, I, I've dealt with people like that. Where you can't get them to give you the time of day. And then when, when, when they get in the line. There was a guy a while back that I know. He was trying out for a promotion. He wouldn't even speak to me. You say hi to him. He'd look the other way. Wouldn't even recognize you. Wouldn't speak to al almost anybody at work. And then he decided he wanted to try out for a promotion. And suddenly I walked in. And, hey, how's it going? Hey, good to see you. You know, suddenly everyone's, and everyone's noticing, what's up with him? We know what's up with you. We know what's up with you. It's overselling. So whether they're, they're, they're trying to build your confidence up with being overly friendly, or if that friendliness is out of character for them, then be polite, but remain guarded. Don't let them into your trust, thinking you can be friends if you do. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times. You hearing that? A friend loves at all times. They don't turn it off and turn it on. A friend loves at all times. If they're truly a friend, then they're going to be friendly to you in the good times and the bad times when it's beneficial for them, when it's not beneficial for them. A friend loves at all times. So if someone suddenly starts acting loving to you today, who doesn't do so all the time, then they're not your friend, not unless they've repented and something, you know, something's really going on. But the majority of the time, it's just not going to be the case. They are warming you up so they can use you in some way. Here's a kingdom truth. A constant friend is a caring friend. A constant friend is a caring friend. But the naughty man is not a caring friend, verse 15, therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Which means though he prepares to deceive others, he connives to deceive others, he'll be unable to prepare and avoid the calamity that lies ahead of him. Anyone that tries to, to rip people off 
And I, and I, I tell you, there's some folks, it, it, it drives me crazy, and I may become victim of it one day when I get old and, and, and I, I lose my, you know, my sharpness and things like, like a lot of people do when they get old. And they prey on elderly people. They call them on the phone, and next thing you know, we've had people come into the courthouse, elderly people, afraid that the marshal's office is going to come arrest them because they haven't shown up for jury duty, and all it is is a scam. People want to, you go here, and you, you send me this money to this place right here, and do this, and that will take care of your fine, and we'll dismiss the warrants that we have on you. And, and, and so many people fall for that. And it's so sad. And those people that are out to get you, out to, to rip you off, the Bible says one day their calamity will come suddenly. And that means they just won't be able to prepare for it. They won't be able to avoid it. God's gavel is going to come down on His bench and they're going to get what's coming to them. His calamity will come suddenly unexpectedly, Solomon said, look back in your text, suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. Suddenly he won't be able to prepare for it. Without remedy, he won't be able to recover from it. You see how that works? Suddenly, can't prepare, can't avoid it. Without remedy, can't recover from it. Here's a kingdom truth, and we'll close with this tonight. He that seeks the destruction of his neighbor shall run into destruction for himself. He that seeks the destruction of his neighbor shall run into destruction for himself. I like another scripture that says that they dig a pit and then they fall in it. I watched that very thing happen a little while back. My friend, Jimmy Dunklin, was at work and there was a, a mean-spirited person that did all she could to get him transferred to another place that he didn't want to go. And uh, she made stuff up. She lied about him. Made lies up. Started whispering to other people. Talked to upper echelon of folks and got everyone all stirred up about him and next thing you knew old Jimmy gets transferred and I remember one day I was over at the place where he got transferred to and I saw him outside I could tell he was praying I could tell he was hurting and I remember thinking to myself she's digging a pit I'm going to pray she falls in it. I started praying. And I kid you not, within a few months, he was back at his regular place of work and she was transferred to the place she had wanted to send him to. She was the one that got transferred. She dug a pit. Had she never started any of that, she would have remained where she was. But she oversold herself and made herself to be so important and so wonderful and so good and so trustworthy to the people above her, whom she never hardly ever saw. And spent all that time working 
pointing the fingers, winking the eyes. We're all on the same team, but we got to get rid of this man right here. Get him out of the way and things will be better for us. The whole time she was digging a pit. And then she is the one that fell into the pit. She couldn't see it coming. And when it came, she couldn't recover from it. Ultimately, she not only got transferred, she lost her job. You see, you can't recover from some things, especially when it's brought against the child of God. So if someone tries to oversell, you underbuy. And you know what? If you happen to buy what you shouldn't have bought, metaphorically speaking, you just know, and I'm sure there's people in here who have been ripped off by confidence men before. How many of y'all ever been ripped off by someone building your confidence up? I have too. I have. But you know what? If it makes you feel any better, you may not get your money back. You may have bought you a very important life lesson, but in the end, they're going to be suddenly broken and that without remedy. Their judgment will come. They will pay their dues. With that, we'll go ahead and stop tonight. Boy, I tell you, the Bible, it just, it just, there's so much wisdom in here about life. I just absolutely love these Proverbs. We'll close the word of prayer tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, that when we read the scriptures, we don't see a lot of winks and feet shuffling and finger pointing and slaps on the back. We thank you that you give it to us plain clear, sometimes painfully clear, but you give it to us in all honesty. And every word you give us, Father, is out of love with our best interest. And you never force us. You always tell us to live by faith and it's by choice. And Father, I pray we'll take these wise words from your word tonight, apply them to our lives. And avoid trouble, Father, that lies ahead from those who would deceive us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.